Welcome to the Non-Alcoholic Drinks Podcast, helping you navigate the ever-growing world of what non-alcoholic drinks have to offer by bringing you the latest news, interviews, and drink reviews. Now, here is your host, Jonathan Lambrianidis. Hello, hello there, and thank you so much for joining me on the Non-Alcoholic Drinks Podcast, brought to you by TipleZero.com, where we believe enjoying a drink is more about the taste and the company you're with, while being a little bit less about the alcohol. I am your host, Jonathan Lambrianidis, and this is the podcast for anyone looking to stay up to date with the latest drink releases, news, and interviews from people in the non-alcoholic drink category. On today's episode, we are going to dive into whether non-alcoholic drinks are worth it. Are they worth your time getting to know, learning about them, and are they worth subbing out your traditional alcoholic drinks? We are going to dive into aroma, taste, and mouthfeel, and hopefully give you a bit of information that can help you make a great choice to find your favorite non-alcoholic drink. If you're considering getting involved with zero alcohol drinks for the first time or simply looking to try a different category or a different sector of them, this is the podcast for you. So definitely stick around, have a listen and let me know what you think. By the way, one last thing before we get started. If you want to get in touch with me and share what you're up to, what you're drinking and what your thoughts are of the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram at tipple zero drinks that is at t-i-p-p-l-e zero drinks on instagram or email me on podcast at tipple zero.com all right let's transition over to today's episode okay we're going to get started by running over really quickly about aroma taste and mouthfeel kicking off with aroma That's what we have when we first pick up the glass and put it to our nose. It's the smells and the odors that we observe, and they're really the byproducts or the result of the ingredients that are used in the product creation and the manufacturing process. And often we find when these smells are complex and they're deep and they're really well balanced, lead us to the first sign that the drink is quite good. Now, as you've probably gathered, our sense of smell and taste are so well connected. I bet there's been a few times when you've been sick and you've tried to eat something and it tastes like cardboard. So when you've got a really nice tasting drink, like we said, it often means it is a good smelling drink. Diving a little bit into what makes a good tasting drink. The way that we look at taste really comes in four different elements of the profile. That is a sweet element, a sour one, onto salty and finally bitter. It is the balancing of these four elements within the taste profile that go to how we enjoy what we're drinking. Often each of the drinks that we are trying, we've got a preconceived thought on what it should taste like. A sparkling, maybe dry, maybe sweet. A Shiraz definitely shouldn't be sweet. An IPA hoppy and a stout bold. Moving on to mouthfeel. This is what we experience from the physical drink in our mouth, the actual feeling of it. So what does it feel like? How is it presenting? And the things that you might look for here is what's the weight of it, the thickness or the viscosity of it. Is there any heat coming from the drink and the overall texture of it as well? So those descriptors of what it feels like when you're taking a sip or having a drink. Now that we've got the piece around the aroma, the taste and the mouthfeel out of the way, let's have a look at whether spirits are for you. Now, I want to start with spirits because there are so many great drinks out there that are really quite deserving of your time. 
for me, I just love the way that creators and distillers are out there individually distilling each and every botanical and flavor profile and then blending them together in a way that creates some really complex and amazing flavors. What this does is give great control to the person making the drink and really allows them to hone in on a specific style, taste and flavor that they're looking to achieve. More often than not, I've experienced that so many of these flavors are complex, balanced and really feed off each other and give you a really pleasant thing to have in your glass and to sip on. That said, they are also really good to be used in either a non-alcoholic cocktail or a low alcohol cocktail if you want to sub some of your original or your traditional alcohol out and maybe go for a lighter alternative. The example I want to use here comes from the flavors of handpicked peas, hay and spearmint. Granted, the Seedlip Garden 108 may not be for everybody, but what it does do is really show the creativity and the approach that is behind this sort of drink and the way that botanicals are used to really develop complex and creative flavors. Now, you can really see the way that this Seedlip might come in handy with a melon and cucumber martini. And if you finish it off with a sprig of citrus, maybe something orange or even grapefruity, you'd really get a great range and broad set of enjoyable flavors. With that, I can say that I've really enjoyed the wide range of non-alcoholic spirits I've tried. And there's been a few standouts and I will list them all towards the end of the show and kind of give you a bit of a rundown on what I've tried. And I'll also include them over at the show notes on tiplezero.com forward slash double zero two. Now that we've landed on the fact that the spirits are quite good and there's a real range and option out there for everyone, no matter what you're looking to try, let's hop across and chat about the beers. Now, the non-alcoholic beer scene is driven by the fact that the craft brewing scene internationally is really well developed and really quite large. On the back of this, so many of these craft brewers are now looking to get into the non-alcoholic scene as well and try their hand at creating a non-alcoholic beer. This means, thankfully for us, we have quite a number of good non-alcoholics to try out there. Recently, I've been lucky enough to sample quite a number of these beers and there's been a really great taste range. From a malt perspective, I've really enjoyed the caramelly, toasty and sweet notes as well as the really great hoppy tastes that come from the floral, piney and citrus elements of it too. Now, as you can probably tell, there have been quite a number of developments in this area in the last five or six years. These have mostly been centered around the way that the drinks are created or developed themselves. I was listening to the founder of Athletic Brewing Co. the other day who mentioned that he had moved or adjusted the way that they developed their beers in 15 or 16 ways from the traditional approach to brewing beer. What is really exciting to see out there from the creators of these beers is that they're now really focusing on engineering the products from the ground up in a way that focuses on not having any alcohol in them at all. So no alcohol extraction, no need to actually heat or treat or do anything else to the beer because what you're getting after the initial fermentation is a beer that's ready to go, ready to be carbonated and actually has zero alcohol in it by design. While typically I haven't had great experience with beers that have been subject to alcohol extraction or removal processes, this week I was lucky enough to run across two really good ones. They were the Weinstefana and the Erdinger. The Erdinger was on the back of a recommendation from AF Beer Squad on Instagram who sent me in that direction and they're really quite nice. While you can tell they're a little bit lighter and spriteful than their full-bodied and full alcohol counterparts, 
They are really enjoyable and they are presenting in a way which is tangy and fresh and perfect for lighter meals. If you're looking for a good beer that's been subject to alcohol extraction treatments, I would recommend the Weinstefaner and the Erdinger. Looking back at the beers, we're finding that there are quite a number of really good options out there at the moment. And the flavors that you're getting, the aromas that you're getting are really quite spriteful. You're finding sweet, toasty, caramelly flavors, which are not too overpowering and really well balanced by hoppy textures and flavors as well. This all leads to a really good experience when you take the sip and you feel that weight and that viscosity in your mouth. And the drink tastes like it should be there from an alcoholic perspective. It doesn't taste like the watery ones we've come to know and really tried to avoid in the past. On a non-alcoholic, I would recommend if you're looking at beers, jumping into something which you're comfortable with and you already like drinking. Once you get comfortable with the different types in that space, venture out and try something different. And I think that's really the easiest way to get going in it. Find what you like from an alcoholic perspective, get comfortable there and then start venturing because the world seriously is your oyster. There are so many different varieties that it just is impossible to know where to start. And I think that's way to kind of wind back the overwhelm and get you on the right path. Alrighty, on to the wines. Now, I've intentionally left these to last. And I've done this because I feel like we're in this under construction zone or another way to put it is maybe in this little bit of a holding pattern. And that is largely thanks to the way that the tech keeps developing and the techniques kind of shift around that as well. So while we are seeing quite a number of improvements and a whole range of different approaches to making wine, at the moment for me, there are two kind of standout areas that I am really enjoying. They are in the sparkling range and the white range. My pick of the bunch for the moment have been the Oddbird, the Naughty, the Maguire, the Barton Gestier as well. All of these, you can find them in the blog I've got up on Tipple Zero about the four sparkling wines I'm all over and enjoying at the moment. I'll link it in the show notes at tipplezero.com forward slash session zero two. That said, I do also have a bottle of the Fazero in my fridge, which I haven't tried yet and I might get to this weekend. Looking at the whites, I'm a really, really big fan of the Gieson Sav Blanc 0%. Again, this is another one which is really interesting and a really great flavored white wine. I've written a little bit about how the team at Geeson go around making their non-alcoholic wine, and it is super interesting to hear about the way that they do it with the spinning cone technology and separate out each and every element of the wine before blending it back in together, of course, without the alcohol. So I'll add that along with my review of it up onto the show notes so you can check them out. And hopefully you can find yourself a new favorite white wine. Wrapping up with the piece around the non-alcoholic reds, as someone who enjoys the bigger reds or something with a bit more body behind it, the ones that are out there at the moment are a little bit too sweet for my taste. But that said, for people who really enjoy the lighter wines, maybe something made out of a Moscato grape or something like a Merlot, the wines out there at the moment may actually be something you quite enjoy. With that, I'd really be keen to hear your thoughts and hear what you're liking about the reds that are out there at the moment and what the characteristics are of them. So you can hit me up on tipple zero drinks at Instagram. That is at T-I-P-P-L-E zero drinks over on Instagram and let me know what you are drinking. Finally, a quick recap on what we've covered today. 
are non-alcoholic drinks worth it? And I can say from a spirits perspective, yes, yes, they are. So due to the complexity and the way these are created and put together, I would highly recommend getting yourself some, trying them out and finding what you enjoy. And look, there are so many to touch on, but I'm just going to rattle off a couple here. You've got the Brunswick Aces from the team down in Melbourne. You've got the Cloven Doe from the team up in Northern Australia, up in Queensland. You've also got the Vera, the Seedlip, and a wide range of others like Monday Distillery who have a really good distribution and Liars as well. In terms of beer, I think we're on the same page as the Spirits. There's quite a range of beers out there and there are so many that are really doing well from a taste and aroma and a mouthfeel perspective. I will let you know the ones I've been drinking this week in the show notes at tiplezero.com forward slash session zero two. But they include the Athletic Brewing Co. I have also been on the Bridge Road, Heaps Normal, as well as the Erdinger. And I will add everything into today's show notes at tiplezero.com forward slash session zero two. Finally, the wines recap. Now, the whites and the sparklings are the pick of the bunch here at the moment. You've got the Geeson 0% for the whites. And then you've also got the Barton Guestier, the Thompson and Scott with their Naughty, the Oddbird for Sparkling as well, as well as the Maguire and a Fazero, which I am yet to try. Like I said earlier about the Reds, as someone who enjoys a bigger Red, there is a little bit of residual sweetness in there. So if you're more into the sweeter Reds or something which is not as intense or big as a Shiraz, the Reds out there at the moment may be something that you quite enjoy. In the next week or so, I am going to try and get my hands on the Wind Tempranillo and give that a go. I've heard it's quite good. So if you've tried it, let me know and I'll compare notes once we get it done and tasted. And with that summary, we have reached the end of today's second episode. Like I said at the top of the show, we took all the notes for you over at tiplezero.com forward slash session zero two. And by the way, if you haven't kind of done so already, I would love it if you could follow the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes or any information when it drops. And if you're really enjoying it, I'd love it if you could give me a review on your favorite platform, whether that's Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you're listening. I am your host, Jonathan Lambrianidis, and I will be back with you next time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and that you discover some amazing non-alcoholic drinks during the rest of this week. 